Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Well, praise God. Uh, welcome back. This is a Wisdom and Stuff podcast with Daryl Boucher. And um, today we're going to get into something. I, I just, I don't know, I've been praying about a lot of different things and uh, and just kind of pondering different different topics and subjects to go over. And obviously, you know, the Word of God is infinite. There's so much that we could uh, get into, and we will as the Lord leads. And I was going to go into something totally differently today, but right before the podcast, uh, I just really felt like I was supposed to go in this direction. And um. This is about, in James chapter 5, it, it, this is about prayer itself. And uh, anybody knows, I, I love to teach on prayer. There's a lot of subjects I love to teach on. Prayer is one of those. And uh, because I love to pray, I actually, I, I enjoy prayer so much. And I, um, uh, you know, even after, just after I got saved, I just began to pray. And the reason I enjoy prayer is I expect things to, I expect things to happen. You know, I, I don't go into prayer just to hear my own words. I don't go into prayer just to just to try to, you know, whatever, uh, you know, somehow talk God into doing something. I really believe that God was the one who designed prayer, and he designed prayer to, to actually change the earth. And so he invites us into prayer. And uh, he doesn't command us to pray so that, you know, he knows how much, you know, we love him or how much we need him or whatever. He's omniscient, and he is, he, he is love. Therefore, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything, you know, out of selfishness. Love doesn't seek its own. So if he invites me into prayer, he's not doing it for his benefit, right? He's doing it for my benefit. And so if I know something is going to benefit me by simply doing it, man, I get excited about doing it because I know the benefit is mine. And, um, and so prayer is, is to me, obviously communication. And I, I teach a lot on prayer, but one of the aspects I just want to teach on today is, uh, is just in John, James chapter five and verse 17, or actually verse 16 is the end of verse 16. Uh, you know, this text, we, we know at the beginning of the verse, it talks about confessing, you know, to one another, your sins and faults. And then he says, um, the end of the verse 16 says, the 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 fervent righteous prayer the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, and um, the, uh, the the amplified says the earnest heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working, and so this is what I really wanted to just, just head into right now is just what it means to have a, you know the righteous prayer it says it says uh, the the heartfelt prayer of a righteous man uh, avails much. And one of the things, you know, I teach on righteousness a lot because God talks about righteousness over 500 times in the Bible, and I think we need to emphasize what he emphasizes. Uh, but righteousness is not a, a behavior pattern. It's a nature, right? Uh, righteousness is not um, is not equated by what I do. Now, what I do can be a fruit of righteousness. What I can do can be an effect of righteousness on in my life, but uh, I, I don't become righteous by what I do, okay? Jesus, it says that, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He became sin not by sinning. He didn't, he didn't become sin because he sinned, right? And so, he didn't become sin through behavior. He, he became sin by choice. He became sin because he humbled himself and 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 took on the death of a sinner, so that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so, you know, activity or behavior did not 
make him a sinner. And activity and behavior does not make me righteous. Okay, this this is about you know it says with the heart man believes unto righteousness, right? So the, so belief is what produces uh, a, a a an identity of righteousness with God. He has already equated us and made us. It says in Ephesians chapter four, he says he has created us in righteousness and true holiness. When we got born again, we were created as the righteousness of God in Christ. We are God's righteousness on the earth, and so. To pray like a righteous man or to pray as a righteous person, it says it makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working. This is, uh, to, to pray a righteous prayer is a lot different than praying an unrighteous prayer, okay? And when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, it's because you know, here these people have been brought up in Judaism, and 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 honestly, in in the the Jewish faith, there is a lot of prayer. They are praying people. They 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 pray about everything, toward everything. You know, certain uh, um, groups of Jewish people. They uh, I don't remember what which ones they were, but I, I did some study on it a couple a couple years ago, and. They had like over 300 different prayers that they pray or could be praying throughout the day. They don't pray all 300, but they have like set prayers that they're praying as they as they walk out of a building, as they walk in a building, as they sit down, as they stand up, as they as they take a breath, whatever. I mean, it is it's it's a continual communication pattern with with our Father, the Creator, and so here's a people group that were very used to prayer. They're used to a culture of prayer. They're used to a society of prayer, and Yet they look to Jesus, they, they tell Jesus or ask Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, teach us how to pray. So they looked at Jesus and they saw a different kind of prayer. They saw somebody who was praying differently than what they had been taught you know, their whole lives. And it's because Jesus was praying from a place of righteousness. And this is, I, th- I think this is one of the most important things that we can learn to do is to challenge how we're praying. Challenge, challenge, you know, are we praying uh, from a place of righteousness or are we praying just, you know, ba- basically no different than somebody who's not righteous? Uh, you know, I, I, you know, before I got saved, I literally, I prayed every night before I got saved uh, because, I, you know, just to be honest, I didn't know if I was going to hell or not. And, uh, and so I, it kind of freaked me out not knowing. And um, here, you know, I was in my teenage years, I would pray every night and uh, I would, Basically, the the, the 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 prayer was the same prayer every night. I prayed the exact same prayer every night. Maybe the words were a little different, uh, but but still, the, the the overall theme of the prayer was the same every night. And it was simply, I didn't want to die in my sleep. That was my prayer every night. And the reason I, wa- I didn't want to die in my sleep was because I didn't know. I didn't know if I was going to heaven or hell. I just didn't know. And I would, uh, my heart would cry and say, you know, I don't know if I've done enough good things to go to heaven or enough bad things to go to hell. I don't know, you know. And I would try to reason it out going, well, I hadn't murdered anybody, you know. I wasn't like a rapist. I wasn't like, you know, whatever. I, I you know, I'd obviously done things wrong, you know. I knew that I had sinned. I knew that I had, I had lied and done different things. But, you know, I wasn't that bad of a guy, but at the same time, I had an unsurety about it because I didn't know Jesus. And then when the gospel got preached to me, and I would literally, I would ask God every night, I go, Lord, I don't know what the line is. I don't know what the line is that, you know, that I would have to cross, you know, to, to, to do enough bad things to go to hell or enough good things to go to heaven. I don't know what that line is. 
And so when the gospel was preached to me, um, I remember, you know, I didn't receive the gospel immediately because pride came up and all that. But I do remember when the gospel was preached to me, I remember knowing it was the truth. I knew that that it was the right thing, that, that Jesus died for my sins. And I remember, you know, hearing in my heart that, you know, this was just, I don't know, don't remember if it was right after I heard the gospel the first time or if it was right before I got saved, I don't remember. But I remember hearing in my heart that just the phrase, he is the line, Jesus is the line, you know, and I'm like, oh, there is a line and it's Jesus. And so, so the thing is, I'm saying I prayed before I was saved. I prayed and I was sincere and I was genuine and I, I was honestly asking God. But then I got saved and then the Bible says we get instructed in righteousness. So I, got, I became righteous the moment I got saved, but I didn't know how to be righteous. I didn't know what righteousness meant, so I had to get instructed in righteousness through the word, like it says in 2 Timothy 3. And so I got instructed in righteousness and, and that began to shift how I prayed. And um and and I and it's still shifting it. Yeah, I'm still being instructed in righteousness, and and I I'm constantly putting a demand on my heart and my mind to yield to righteousness, uh, because I don't have to become any more righteous. You're either righteous or you're not righteous. But being instructed in righteousness means I learn how to walk it out better, and I learn how to pray it out better, and so. You know, it, it, here's the thing: we are no less righteous than Jesus is right now. He is the he he is righteous, and we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So our righteous standing will not change and cannot change. It can't change. We are. Uh, I mean, unless, of course, you know, we can we can choose to step away from God. We can choose to to backslide. We can choose to to make some decisions. We still have a free will. But I'm just saying that our 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 behaviors in life, you know, just just a a simple choice here or there or a mistake here and there, that's not that doesn't just you know fling me out of his of of his grace. Um, but I can choose to walk away. I know that. But at the same time, what I'm saying is is that we are no less righteous than Jesus. And the question is, is our prayer life reflecting that? Is our prayer life, uh, you know, right now, Moses and Abraham, you know, Joshua, Jacob, all these people are in heaven right now, you know, uh, you know, and, and they're, they're, they're enjoying obviously perfect communion with the father. They're enjoying this, this place of, of oneness with God and with Jesus. And yet we are seated with him in heavenly places. You know, it says there's one, one family in heaven and earth. There's only one family. There's not a different family in heaven and a different family on earth, and we don't we don't you know get uh, promoted to that family when we get to heaven. We are one family. Some of us are in heaven, some of us are on earth. Praise God! But there's one family, one blood, one DNA, one part, one one nature we partake of, one Holy Spirit, one blood, one Jesus, one Father. Praise God! There's one family, and just because some of us are you know like right now you know uh, I live in Colorado, you know my my mom lives in Oregon, my sister lives in Wyoming. But we're still one one bloodline, one family. Just because we're in different places doesn't make us different bloodlines, and um, and doesn't 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 change our relationship biologically to one another. And so we need to we need to understand that right now, you know, how do people in heaven, you know, communicate with the Father? Because that's what prayer is: is communication. So what is their prayer life like? And it, you know. Mine should be no different than Moses right now. My my prayer life should be no different. I'm no less righteous than Moses. I have no different blood, no different Holy Spirit, no different anointing, no different covenant than Moses. So my prayer life should look exactly the same as Moses right now. And so... 
uh, he, he didn't intend for our prayer lives to to um, reflect need. He intended our prayer lives to reflect righteousness. He didn't intend our prayer lives to 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 reflect separation. Like now, you know, we're in he- we're we're on earth just imploring heaven. No, he intended he t- he intended our prayer lives to literally reflect heaven into the earth. And that's you know, Jesus even said that, of course, in. Um, in Matthew 6, when he was teaching them how to pray, and he says, you need to pray this way, you know, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He literally tells us that that our role in prayer is to pray heaven into the earth. You know, the, the literally, you know, in, in, in James chapter 5, when it talks about the, the prayer of a righteous man, the very next verse is he says, behold, Elijah. He goes, he, he was just like we are. He, he's a man under like temptations and passions just like we are, and yet he prayed and it didn't. The, the earth did not rain nor dew for three and a half years. It was not. A, it was. It wasn't just a natural drought. It was a supernatural cessation of moisture. It didn't rain or dew for three and a half years. And then it says. And then Elijah prayed again, and the earth. The earth. You know, gave its rain. And so this was a supernatural thing that that changed the whole atmosphere and climate of the earth. And this is our example for prayer. Our example for prayer is that we are on this earth to change things, not to, uh, we're not here just to fix needs. We're not here just to uh, ask God to take care of needs or ask God to, to you know, take care of our problems, um, even though he wants all those things to be fixed. He doesn't want to do it based on the DNA of the problem. You know, and I say this a lot, that the problem and the solution carry two different DNAs. And so I can't pray the problem. I can't sit there and talk to God about the problem what I want to do is I want to I want to speak into the earth from heaven itself. I want to pray as a righteous man. I want to pray as somebody who is literally our our righteousness is exactly the same as God's, right? Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ. There's not like a there's not like a lower form of righteousness that we have in a different form that God has. There is only one righteousness, and that is God. He is righteous. We are His righteousness, and. That that that's it says the righteous are as bold as a lion, and that's why we come into prayer and we we need to ask God how do we pray for things? How does a righteous man pray about this? Because if we're all we're doing is coming into Him with with needs and with you know um, I don't know just things that that are, are are earthly based, then we're still trying to fix the earth with the earth mentality, and uh, that's never going to work. You know, God intended for us to come into prayer and come into the earth with heaven, with heaven on the inside of us, with heaven in our hearts and heaven in our mouth, and actually begin to speak and decree heaven into the earth. That's why Jesus, you know, when you look at, at Jesus, uh, we, we only have a few examples of his prayer time, uh, but ultimately we, uh, John 17 is the longest example we have, and I encourage you to go through there because it's just communion prayer. It's this thing of just talking with the Father and just, just allowing the Father's heart to enter the earth. And and this is such an important part. Uh, this is what prayer is. Prayer is speaking with the Father and getting his heart and then allowing his heart to invade the earth through us. So this is not about us imploring God to help us. This is literally about saying, you know what, regardless of what the situation is, heaven wants to invade the earth right now. And, you know, if, if you, where, when Jesus walked the earth and, and you, you see him praying for sick people, he never once asked God to heal anybody. Never one time. Did a lot of people get healed? Yep. 
but he never once that we have record of asked God to heal anybody. He simply commanded disease to leave, or he commanded infirmities to leave, or he commanded demons to leave. Um, but but he didn't ever say, God, please heal this person. We don't have one verse that says he didn't say, God, please heal this person. Uh, even when he rose Lazarus from the dead. I love this because he he literally said, all he said was, Father, I know that you hear me. I know that you always hear me. He goes, and the only reason I'm saying this is because the people are standing here. So they know that, that I came from you. And then he turns and he says, Lazarus, come forth. He speaks to Lazarus. He doesn't say, God, please raise Lazarus from the dead. He just speaks to Lazarus and says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes forth. So there is, this is the prayer of a righteous man, you know, the prayer of, of somebody who is, is so secure in their relationship with God, not in, you know, we're not secure because we do the right things. We're secure, we're secure because Jesus did the right thing. We're secure in him. We are, we are literally in his righteousness. I am not in my own righteousness. Paul, he said in, in, in Romans, he also said in Philippians, how he's, he's like, listen, I'm not trying to build my own righteousness. I'm simply yielding to the righteousness uh, that, that came in Christ. I can't build my own righteousness. It's impossible for us to get righteous by our own actions. And so what we have to do with our minds in prayer is come in and, and begin to ask, what does a righteous prayer look like right here? It, you know, and, and what a righteous, you know, your spirit is no less righteous than Jesus himself. And, you know, our, our covenant with God is one of righteousness. We are, we are established in the covenant of righteousness. And because of that, uh, you know, that righteousness means that, 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 that my spirit has never, ever known what sin was. It's never known sin. It's never known separation from God. It's never known I have the same relationship that Jesus has with the Father. And so, so you know, Jesus right now, his relationship with the Father is not sin-based at all. It has no consciousness of sin. The people in heaven right now, they have no consciousness of sin. So they are not battling sin or wondering if they can come to the Father or wondering, you know, what what you know if, if his disposition is going to be right or whatever, you know, as if God ever changes. But I'm just saying, you know, our confidence comes from understanding our righteousness. And when we begin to pray as righteous people in the earth— things change. And so I just want to just challenge you today, you know, uh, whatever, you know, whatever, take one situation or one, one thing in, in your life that, that maybe needs to change and just go to God and don't even talk to him about the situation, but talk to him about your righteousness and say, okay, father, how does a righteous person speak into this? How does Jesus speak into this right now? How, how is, how is Moses and, 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 you know, Sarah and, and, and Abraham and Mary, how are these different ones in heaven? How are they perceiving God's love and God's resource over them right now? And if we're kings and priests on the earth, if we're ambassadors for Christ, then we need to understand our one job in prayer is to, as far as concerning situations on the earth is to change those by the power of God as righteous people. We are to express righteousness when we pray. We are not to express need. We're not to express sin. We're not supposed to express uh, you know, separation from God or trying to climb a ladder. It is simply expressing oneness with God and saying this is what God looks like here on the earth. And we know that it's not, it's not our power that does it. It's God's power in us that does it. Praise God. God raises from the dead. God heals. God delivers. God saves. But he does it through our words and through our heart. And that's why the, the, this is the fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. A righteous prayer makes dynamic power available in its working. Praise God. But I just want us to just, you know, real quickly in closing, just to, to begin to challenge how we're praying. 
You know, are we praying like righteous people? Are we, you know, there should be a huge difference between, you know, how, how we prayed, you know, now versus how people in the world would pray. If we're still pleading with God or if we're still, um, you know, just trying to even figure out what to pray, then we're not praying like righteous people. We need to go to God and say, okay, Father, I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. So what what does Jesus say about this right now? What does the word say about this? I'm being instructed in righteousness. And so even though I might have prayed you know, a certain way for the last 10 years, I want to pray like a righteous person right now. And Elijah, he didn't pray and pray and pray and pray and pray about the same thing. He literally spoke once and the and and the rain and the dew were shut up for three and a half years, and then he prayed. He prayed again, and you know we know that it, that the earth gave its 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 rain. But um, at the same time, it comes from a righteousness. Jesus didn't pray and pray and pray over the same people. He prayed once. He spoke to sickness once. He spoke to to, to infirmity once. He spoke to demoniacs once. He spoke to the winds and the waves once. And that's what a prayer of a righteous man looks like. But we we have to. Once again, yield to that place of righteousness and then pray from that place. So, Father, we just thank you right now, Lord God, that you are instructing us in righteousness. Father God, I thank you that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are those who know no separation. We know no sin consciousness. We only know oneness with you. And, Father, as we pray, praise God, as we pray, we are as bold as lions. We enter this earth with the boldness of the righteous. We enter this earth with the resource of heaven and with the authority of the throne of God himself. And we thank you, Lord God, that we pray accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.